Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Radio Play Revival. Two actors, two plays, one playwright. In the first, the Bronx, present night. Outside of a party, the moon and the street light shine down upon two teenagers on the brink of discovery. In the second, a cafe, present day. She longs for meaningful connection with the man across the room. He longs to leave agony behind and find joy. She may be able to help. Groundswell Theatricals and Josh Johnston present a radio play revival production of The Red Coat and Let Us Go Out Into the Starry Night, both by John Patrick Shandley. Starring in order of speaking, Sam Chuchavis, reading stage directions. Jarell Jerome as John and Man, and Marilyn Caserta as Mary and Woman. The Red Coat Nighttime on a side street. A street light shines down on some steps through a green tree. Moonlight mixes in the shadows. A 17-year-old boy sits on the steps in a white shirt with a loosened skinny tie, black dress pants, and black shoes. He is staring off. His eyes are shining. A 16-year-old girl enters in neighborhood party clothes, short skirt, blouse, penny loafers. Hi, Mary. Oh, I didn't see you there. You're hiding... Not from you, Mary. Who from? Oh, nobody. I was up at Susan's party. That's where I'm going. Oh. Why did you leave? No reason. You just gonna sit here? For a while. Well, I'm going in. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm not going in. I mean, I came out because... Oh, go in. What's wrong with you, John? I left the party because you weren't there. That's why I left the party. Why'd you leave the party? Because I wasn't there. 
I don't know. I'm going in. I left the party because I felt like everything I wanted was outside the party. Out here. There's a breeze out here. And the moon? Look at the way the moon is. And I knew you were outside somewhere too. So, I came out and sat on the steps here and I thought that maybe you'd come and I would be here. Outside the party, on the steps, in the moonlight. And those other people, the ones at the party, wouldn't be here. But the night would be here. And you and me would be talking on the steps, in the night, in the moonlight. And I could tell you. Tell me what? How I feel. How you feel about what? I don't know. I was looking out the window at the party. And I drank some wine. And I was looking out the window at the moon. And I thought of you. And I could feel my heart breaking. John. I felt that wine and the moon and your face all pushing in my heart. And I left the party and I came out here. Your eyes are all shiny. I know. And I came out here looking for the moon, and I saw that streetlight shining down through the leaves of that tree. <laughs> yeah. It does look pretty. It's beautiful. I didn't know a streetlight could be beautiful. I've always thought of them as being cold and blue, you know? But this one's yellow, and it comes down through the leaves, and the leaves are so green, Mary. I love you. Oh. I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't have said it. No, no. That's all right. My heart's breaking. Oh, you must think I'm so stupid, but I can feel it breaking. I wish I could stop talking. I can't. I can't. I'd never heard you talking like this before. That's because this is outside the party, and it's night, and there's a moon up there, and a streetlight that's more beautiful than the sun. My God, the sidewalk's beautiful. Those bits of shiny stuff in the concrete, look how they're sparkling up the light. You're crying. You're crying over the sidewalk. I love you, Mary. That's all right, but don't cry over the sidewalk. You're usually so quiet. Okay. Okay. A pause. Then John grabs Mary and kisses her. Oh. You used your tongue? You... Should we go into the party? No. I got all dressed. I tasted the wine on your mouth. You were waiting for me out here? I wasn't even going to come. I don't even like Susan so much. I was going to stay home and watch a movie. What would you have done? I don't know. You go to St. Nicholas of Tolentine, don't you? Yeah. I see you on the platform on 149th Street sometimes. I see you too. Sometimes I just let the trains go by until the last minute hoping to see you. <laughs> really? Yeah. I take a look around for you, but I always get on my train. What would you have done if I hadn't come? I don't know. Walked around? I walk around a lot. 
Walk around where? I walk around your block a lot. Sometimes I run into you. You mean that was planned? I always thought you were coming from somewhere. I love you, Mary. I can't believe I'm saying it. To you. Out loud. I love you. Kiss me again. I've loved you for a long time. How long? Months. Remember that big snowball fight? In the park? Yeah. That's when it was. That's when I fell in love with you. You were wearing a red coat. Oh, that coat. I've had that for ages and ages. I've had it since the sixth grade. Really? I have really special feelings for that coat. I feel like it's a part of me. Like it stands for something. My childhood. Something like that. You look nice in that coat. I think I sense something about it. The coat. It's special to me too. It's so good to be able to talk to you like this. Yeah. This is nice. That's funny how you felt that about my coat. The red one. No one knows how I feel about that coat. I think I do, Mary. Do you? If you understood about my red coat, that red coat is like all the good things about when I was a kid. It's like I still have all the good kid things when I'm in that red coat. It's like being grown up and having your childhood, too. You know what it's like? It's like being in one of those movies where you're safe, even when you're in an adventure. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes in a movie, the hero's doing all this stuff that's dangerous, but you know, because of the kind of movie it is, that he's not going to get hurt. Being in that red coat is like that. Like being safe in an adventure. And that's the way you were in that snowball fight. It was like you knew that nothing could go wrong. That's right. That's right. That's the way it feels. Oh, you do understand. It seems silly, but I've always wanted someone to understand some things, and that was one of them. The red coat. I do understand. I do. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about tomorrow, but right this minute, I... I love you. Oh, Mary. Oh, kiss me, John, please. You're crying. I didn't know. I didn't know two people could understand some things. Share some things. It must be terrible not to. What? Be able to share things. It is. It is. But don't you remember? Only a few minutes ago, we were alone. I feel like I could tell you anything. Isn't that crazy? Do you want to go for a walk? No. No. Let's stay right here.
between the street light and the moon under the tree. Tell me that you love me. I love you. I love you too. You're good looking. Did you know that? Does your mother tell you that? Yeah. She does. Your eyes are shining. I know. I can feel them shining. The lights go down slowly. Let us go out into the starry night. A cafe. Two tables. At the table left sits a tormented young man surrounded by ghosts and monsters. They chew on his head, claw his stomach, whisper in his ear. He stares off, sipping a glass of wine. At the table right sits a skinny, earnest woman and her girlfriend, who is a dummy. Don't envy me because I'm skinny. I know you don't really, but you say you do, which bothers me. If you knew why I was skinny, I'm going to tell you why I'm skinny. I can't find nourishment. I'm not talking about food now, which I think you guessed. I'm talking about the world. The world does not nourish me. At least at the moment. Do you know what I'm talking about? You don't know. You don't have any idea. And the reason you're ignorant, because that's what you are, really, is that you don't care. If you cared, you would know what I'm talking about. Or at least I would find your stupidity more endearing, because it would be stupidity of the head, which can be easily forgiven. But what you have, and it's very common and unforgivable, what you have is stupidity of the heart. All goes dark, but for a spot on the woman. Why am I sitting here with this woman who does not love me? I am squandering something on this woman. An important energy of which I only have a certain amount, maybe. When I should be talking to that young man at that table yonder. He looks like Dostoevsky. I'm not speaking cosmetically now. I mean, he really looks like Dostoevsky. Time for resolve. For courage. I'm going to approach him. Make up an excuse to get away from the table. Lights up again. She picks up a glass of water from the table and pours it over her head. Oh, excuse me. I seem to have spilled some water on my head. I'll be right back. She goes to the young man's table. Hello. You don't know me, but could I borrow a cigarette? Never mind. I don't smoke. I must look terrible. My hair is wet and you don't care. Do you? I can tell. You're not concerned with outward appearance. What are these things that are bothering you? I can see them, even if no one else can. Ghosts and monsters. You have a lot of them. Yes. Are you lonely? I'm terribly lonely. So am I. It's hopeless. Why? Too many problems. 
I have problems too. I know. I can see that. But you know why we're suffering? We're suffering because we're in direct contact with our lives. I can't believe that's a bad thing. I'm skinny because my body honestly reflects my soul, which is famished. Listen, I must talk to you. Do you want to talk to me seriously? Yes. Exactly. I want to have a serious conversation with you. The ghosts and monsters stop working on the young man. That makes them quiet. They respect serious conversation. In fact, they contribute to a serious conversation. Give me one minute to deal with matters mundane. I've got to get rid of my friend. No. I only want to do meaningful, truthful things now. I won't lie to her. I will make this a great act, an important moment in my life. She addresses the dummy. This supposed friendship between us has been an unconscionable lie. It symbolizes for me a lot of friendships I have had with soulless people who sneer at sincerity and honest intellectual pursuit. I hereby end all such friendships. Service! A box flies on from off stage. She grabs the dummy, chucks it in the box, nails the lid with great efficiency, slaps a sticker on the side that reads irrelevant, and boots the box off stage. She returns to the young man. Which one is that there? My God, she's ugly. That's the ghost of my mother. Was she really that ugly? No, she was just ordinary looking. Then why does her ghost look so vicious? She doesn't look too bad today, really. Some nights she visits me looking like a rotting side of beef and carrying a big knife in her hand. When the woman was alive, she bossed me around a lot. So... Now that she's dead, she's an ugly ghost. It's very neat, really. If you brood about these things enough, it all gets very neat. The ghost of my mother that I have made is ugly. Her revenge on me is to frighten me with her ugliness. It's a relief to talk to a man like you. You're looking for romance. Yes. It's hopeless. But you are lonely. Terribly. Then you should share with me what torments you, and I will help you find peace. What's in it for you? Seriousness. I need to be serious. I am tired of taking things lightly. Do you believe in God? No. But I do feel there is a spirituality in the world. Yes. So do I. I think that everything in nature and in psychology is explainable predictable and that that's incredible. Where does all that logic come from? Imagine a mind big enough to contain all this logic around us. Maybe it's the mind of God. I don't know. What a relief to say these things, even if they're sophomoric. I think there's a sophomore in a lot of people, just waiting to get out. I have tried to live with women. I have tried to have women for friends. It never works. It always ends up very painful. Of course it was painful. To live, to honestly live, is very painful. My sister has never lived. She denies her ghosts and monsters, even though they're the most interesting thing about her. 
She distracts herself by cleaning things and having babies. The point I was about to make isn't true. I was about to say that my sister, because she doesn't confront life, isn't in pain. But she is. Of course she is. She's in agony. The difference between you and her is that she's in dumb agony. She doesn't admit to it, and her heart is stupid about it. So, I guess the point is that everything is painful. So why not be honest about the pain? I feel better. When I first saw you, you looked like everyone else, but now I can see that you are beautiful. There is a special light on you, I think. It's coming from your eyes. We've reached it. Come with me. Let us go out into the starry night. A drop of stars and planets unrolls with a thud. You're not as you were before. Neither are you. Your ghosts and monsters are gone. Look at the sky. The stars and planets. It's beyond belief that such beauty could exist. And yet we go for years and never see it. I wanted to travel through the universe and meet other beings. That was my dream. Tonight, I feel as if that dream has been fulfilled. How can we bring each other such joy? And it seems so easy. The stars and planets are always up there, aren't they? Yes. And people are always lonely, aren't they? Yes. And we have this potential, which I feel tonight for the first time in so many years, this Potential for joy. I'm alive. There are tears in my eyes. Kiss me. They don't kiss, but it's as if they have. Why can't I stay here? Don't think about it. How did we get here? Maybe if I knew how we got here, I could find my way back here again. Stars and planets... How did we get here? We got here by being serious. They reach toward each other. The lights fade. That was The Red Coat and Let Us Go Out Into the Starry Night, both by John Patrick Shanley. Radio Play Revival is conceived and directed by Josh Johnston. This episode was edited by Ryan Schleifman. Casting by David Caparelliotis. Theme music by Joseph Falcon. The production assistant was Zoe Cameron. And the literary manager was Victoria Unvarsky. Executive producers are Stacey Levine and David Caparelliotis. I'm Sam Chujavis. Until we meet again... Good night and good health. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 